Hi, welcome to another episode of Through the Web Podcast. Today we're going to talk about AI scams, um, the AirPods case, which is causing a lot of controversy, and Elon's X app. So enjoy, it's going to be a good one. Cheers. First of all, uh, we missed last week's episode. Um, so it's good to be back. Yes. It's good it to is. finally get back into uh, a space where we can talk about stuff, talk about tech. But Yes, I guess those who can check uh, the YouTube video, you can see we're still in the old space, mm-hmm. not so much in the new one, even though we did say we we're going <laughs> to move to the new one. Now, don't be alarmed. We are <laughs> making progress there uh, bit by bit, uh, you know, brick by brick, essentially. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get there in the next few weeks. I hope I don't want to jinx it again. Yeah. I think um, just a, a series of unfortunate events yeah. led to <laughs> us not being able to... Just life getting in the way, yeah. quite literally. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's good to be back. Um, I am recovered. I'm good now. So yeah, uh, yeah let's let's crack into it. So, um, uh, Do you catch anything um, this week uh, that you want to talk about in terms of watching stuff? Um, I guess there's two things. You tell me which one you want to hear. Okay. So on the one hand, we have iOS becoming glitchy. On the other hand, we have um, a digital camera causing a plane to fall out of the sky. Is that one of those mentor pilots? (laughs) (laughs) We'll hear both. We'll start with the iOS one. Okay, sure. Um, So I think uh, the channel name is Luke Many or something like that. And he was just talking about, he's a longtime iPhone user and talking about how uh, iPhones, particularly iOS 16, the last two updates has been extremely buggy. And so he was realizing it wasn't just him. He was hearing about this and he ran a poll on his Twitter and just saying uh, like, well, not a poll, but like a call to action, just saying post your screenshots or screen recordings of glitchiness. And the amount of stuff I'm seeing is, was just like unbelievable. Like for example, the dynamic island turning into a square (laughs) and then the phone just like turning off and like not like just being unresponsive. That's actually unheard of, isn't it? But but yeah, and that's the thing. And this is like worse than Android. So it's like, I didn't know about this, that this kind of stuff was going on, like volume slider going the wrong way and like, um, you know, web pages just like not opening properly and like just really weird graphical glitches and and things like that. So it was quite shocking to me that that's happening. So I think I, um, Apple decided to release a patch and that fixed some of the stuff, but there's still a lot of stuff that's, that's still pretty glitchy. So I don't own an iPhone. I'm not running iOS 16, so I don't know if there's any of you out there that have been having issues, let us know. So um, that was that was news to me. I didn't know Just that. Just on that note, we did have a um, short clip of ours on Instagram, kind of go semi-viral, <laughs> where uh, you, the Google, were talking about how um, the about the Samsung Moon uh, photo stuff, yeah. right? Where you're in very, um, I guess, favorable towards uh, the technology that Samsung <laughs> was using. And... All the comments were about the fact that you had the MacBook logo yeah. in, in the shot. Yeah. And it was like, oh, so this is the guy with the with the MacBook, right? And the funny thing is, little do they know that you actually use a Samsung phone. Yes, it's a exactly. primary phone. You've yes. been using it for all this time. And it's funny because now you're kind of, you know, saying something negative about iOS. And mm-hmm. if we clip that part... And that, the other side, the other side crazy, of the cell. Yeah. And maybe Apple fans will be like, oh, then why are you using a MacBook, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible <laughs> how... I guess uh, the the reactions kind of take place, especially with shorts and even on long form. Mm. Want to get into that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 actually crazy. I think being a content creator or just been working in media and with audiences over the last decades, just 
it's almost a window into human psychology, and, yeah. and that's that's very interesting. Yeah, um, I, I've I've had plenty of experience <laughs> with that, so I just have come to the conclusion that uh, not everyone's crazy. It seems like that, but it's just a vocal minority. Yeah. They're the ones who take the time to comment. So just remember that. All right, we'll get into the other video now. Okay, so um, there was this military flight. Like uh, it wasn't um, in active duty or anything. I think they were just transporting some um, some troops, essentially, and they were mid-flight and because it was a military journey essentially they were allowed to do certain things that they're not in regular flight so I think the captain or the first officer he was taking some photos out the window and commenting on how beautiful the scenery was and all of this so he puts the camera down and decides to like push in his chair a little bit like you know um, electronically and they're flying a little bit more and then suddenly the plane like starts nose diving like crazy. And the thing is, this was just mid-flight with no warning. So people, a lot of people weren't strapped into their seats. They ended up floating to oh the ceiling. God. So the th who was it? The second officer or the third person in the cockpit was out of the room at this time. So he's like on the ceiling wondering what's <laughs> happening. So he literally crawls upside down, like tries to reach the joystick from the, from the ceiling and like on the other side. So the main pilot who's flying is pulling up on the joystick. Nothing's happening. The second pilot is also pulling up, but yeah, it's not, not really working because apparently um, with Airbuses, they have a certain safe safety mechanism where if each pilot is doing an opposite thing, it balances out. Oh. So I'll get to why the there was nothing happening on the first stick in, the, in a second. But so the plane was diving and then the Airbus has this safety feature, which I thought was really cool. I never knew this, but if the plane senses that it's diving too fast, um, the autopilot disconnected in the first place. So it was, it was just falling basically. Mm. So if the plane realizes it's falling too fast, then it cuts back the thrust on the engines and pitches up automatically. Right. So the pilots didn't do that. The plane actually leveled off and entered stable flight. Um, but then eventually, um, yeah, everything kind of normalized and they were like, what was that? And then they went to circle back to the nearest airport. But it turns out during the investigation, what happened was when the pilot put down the um, camera, he put it in such a way that it got wedged in between the joystick and the seat. Oh. So when he moved forward, the camera pushed down the joystick. <laughs> so it was just that one little thing that caused, yeah, the aircraft to just dive. And if there was no safety feature, they would have crashed. So, oh, no. um, yeah, so the investigation just concluded that obviously a whole bunch of procedures need to change. Mm -hmm. You can't have loose objects and whatever in a, in a cockpit. But um, I just thought that story was wild because it's just, you know, just the smallest thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Or send the entire tra trajectory of the plane. Just yeah, off. so but it was thankfully everyone was okay. It so. looks like you've been um, watching a few aviation <laughs> videos. <laughs> not not really. Uh, that one just just came up. Um, I've been I've been watching a whole bunch of different stuff, but I think those two are some of the most interesting. How about you? Um, for me, uh, well, this is going to be a, a mini spoiler for those who watch Succession, um, but not really. But not really. Because, um, so so what happened was, uh, obviously, it was like a big episode this, this week, right? And there was spoilers everywhere on the internet. And, uh, you know, I've got a friend, you know, we kind of look after each other when it comes to these kind of things. Like, you know, uh, I learned not to watch trailers from him, you know, that gives you a better kind of experience of watching something ahead of time. And he was trying to protect me in saying that, hey, um, 
there's some stuff that's that's uh, coming up online for a show that we both watch. He doesn't watch Succession. We both watch. Um, just yeah, you know, stay off online for a little bit because just spoilers everywhere, right? And that made me think like, what, what do we watch together? Like, what is this show that we're for? And, and we don't. Mm-hmm. And that made me think, oh, there might be something on Succession because that's the only one that I'm watching, right? And then I started watching it, and. I could like as soon as the event happened, I was like, oh, "Okay, now I know what's gonna happen." Right. So it's funny because he's trying to protect me, but, but it, it it worked the other yeah, way around. Inadvertently, so, it was, yeah. and especially because me, I'm just hyper aware of those things. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a you know a bit of an interesting way of, of looking at it. But yeah, it was um, a critical event in the in the whole story, and it was just beautifully done. Right. It's, yeah. um, okay. And again, I'll have to I go know, back and be like, Dugogo, when know. are you going to start watching this show? <laughs> it's not for everybody though. Every, every time I, I tell a lot of friends, um, a few of my friends tried watching it and they couldn't actually follow through. So, okay. so that tells me it's not is, for is it Is it quite slow or? It, it depends what you define. Like Breaking Bad, I think is slow. It's slow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's that slow but there are moments where it can feel feel mm-hmm. slow um but for me it's again it's a real life kind of scenario right with a lot of the stories that take place in the show so again you know i'm, I'm kind of banging it a uh, weekly drama on, on six episodes <laughs> out of things but i guess Not that's sponsored. going to be the case and it's the final season so yeah uh, i watched it twice actually the episode it was um wow yeah uh yeah it was, it was very good <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that for a show. For me, it's it's getting to a Breaking Bad level, this show. Wow. Uh, because, it, if I said that in season three, because season three ending was like, you know, like season three was, was great. And then they announced that they're going to end it in season four. And that's what they did Breaking Bad as well. Mm. Like they went out on a high. Mm. Um, very few shows are able to do that. Mm. Um, they usually drag on and on and on. So that's why I think if they can end it well, I think it'll be legendary. Legendary. Because okay. the... The score is incredible. The acting is incredible. The dialogues are just fantastic. And all the stories are very grounded mm. in, in real life mm. stuff, right? And this, you know, about politics and media and, and all that kind of stuff. So th- those things I already am interested in. I already, you know, um, part of my work revolves around mm. that kind of stuff. So it's just too good for me. Yeah. Okay. Very well, interesting. I'll, I'll definitely... Uh Eventually, check it out. <laughs> well, I hope you do it soon, man. Before, if you can't do it before the finale, I think it'll be good. So just binge and catch weeks. up every seven weeks, and okay. um, it's on binge as well. So yeah. binge on binge. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, I was watching it the second time. So the first time I watched it on on TV, there was no issues. And the second time I was watching it on my desktop. The first time during a streaming service show, I got fed ads. And I was unaware that for the plan that I'm in, they have ads now on. So basically what Netflix is planning to do. But then how come on TV? It, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the rolling out. Or yeah, something, yeah. Rolling out something. But when I watched it, it was so annoying. It was the worst feeling ever watching a Guzmani Gomez ad in the middle of <laughs> like a very important scene. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like, and I, and, the, and I don't know how they're going to implement this. Right. Because, with YouTube, at least you can place the ads on moments. And I know YouTube doesn't have shows, shows like, you know, proper shows. But previously when they would make these TV shows, they'd actually keep in mind when the adverts would come in. So they wouldn't do it at the, like, you know, in the middle of a sentence, right? Or in the middle of, of something happening. Was, was that happening? Yes. Yeah. Ah. So so, it, so the ads weren't placed, you know, at, 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 a, at, a, at a point where it's okay to take an ad. The ads were placed literally 
randomly in the middle of the, of the stream. So that, um, funnily enough, somebody actually commented on our podcast saying that that happened in, in our um, audio version as well. Because oh. uh, we've got ads placed on audio yeah. stuff and it's like, oh, you broke in the middle of a sentence and I couldn't get back to it for, for a minute. <laughs> uh, for that, I do apologize because we actually can't place ads um, manually on the audio, but you know, I digress. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how they're going to tackle ads in the future for Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it seems happen. like, the, well, it, it could be easy actually. What could happen is it's kind of like metadata for when you make a show. So it's like you make the show, it's like these are where the ads, we want the yeah. ads to be. You put a number of slots and you can fill or not fill them. Yeah. I think that's probably the, that's probably the best way. But I, I hope they do that But because when I saw it on bench, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't fun. Yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. Well, um, first news of the day, uh, I just want to, you know, go into the world of AI, obviously, uh, but then I guess how AI is now, we're kind of seeing events surrounding the advancements of AI, whether it's good or bad. And the first news I have is pretty negative in the sense that um, AI has now taken phone scams to a whole new level. So I don't know if you've seen or heard about that. I haven't. So an Arizona mom uh, claims that scammers used AI to clone her daughter's voice so they could demand a million dollar ransom from her as part of a terrifying new voice scheme. Um, She says that I never doubted for one second that it was her. Um, That's the freaky part that really got me to my core that she was essentially thinking it was a daughter the entire time. Um, I think eventually that didn't go through, but I guess when you get a phone call initially from someone you love and their voice is cloned via AI, and now that's being used for, you know, like someone's kidnapped or taken away or if they're Mm. in the hospital or um, something like that, like it's going to happen more and more now. Yeah. Um, A couple of questions though. So what was the incoming phone number, I guess? I don't know if that was mentioned in the article because wouldn't if it was something else, like mm-hmm. maybe there was an explanation for it, say I'm at this location, someone's taken me, I'm kidnapped. Yes, maybe, but I guess now you should probably just always, if that is a, some kind of emergency situation mm-hmm. from someone that you know, you should always tend to just call their normal phone number just to make sure it really is them. So they even like enacted it in a scene-ish kind of situation. So basically they they called from random numbers. This was a kidnapping situation. They they called in a random number with a man saying that, you know, um, that they've got uh, her daughter. And in the background, they had her voice saying, help me, mom, help me, please help me. So, so they made it even more convincing. So it wasn't even like her voice talking oh. to the mom directly. Um, so they went, the, you know, um, initially asked for... A million dollars, but then they went down to fifty thousand. Um, fifty, yeah. I don't know, it's a big, big drop. <laughs> it's almost like um, some of the stocks of companies we've covered uh, on Goldfish. Um, but essentially, after that, I think after calling nine one one and, and um, you know calling the husband, they confirmed that you know the, the daughter was safe. So stuff like that's going to happen more yeah, frequently, especially. Yeah. Or people who are not tech savvy, and even oh, if you are, yeah, like it, this kind of are. scam. Like if you're not tech savvy, good night. Yeah, it's over. Um, but on the, I guess the technical side of it, leaving aside, you know, the, how bad it is, etc. How did they manage to get the training data for her daughter's voice? They must have personally known her, not or like well, YouTube or, videos. Yeah, exactly. Personally known who she is and who her mother is. Like they must have to get that training data. Yeah, to so be correct. And so, so there definitely had been some level of stalking mm. that has gone on. So you, maybe she has some YouTube videos, maybe she's got 
other things, but just, yeah, like imagine the amount of data there's just out there for any average person. Like you don't have to be a full-time content creator. People just use YouTube for personal videos, holiday videos, all that kind of stuff, or just vlogging to show some of their friends or family, right? So you could easily get that stuff from there and make the connections if you're really, really into it. So I guess that also goes back to the whole point of how much of yourself do you really put out on the internet? That's one. And number two is uh, when you do get a phone call like that, I think the way out is just being educated. Um, also, just lots of ways to know how you can spot these things. Um, but it's just, again, just so new, right? Like, Yeah, you, but okay, so sorry. So uh, on a video I'm working on now with AI and mm-hmm. uh, copyright law, there's a section where there's a discussion about um, how Photoshop first came into into being. And a lot of people thought it would be used for fraud and deception and all of this kind of stuff. But then as time progressed, we tend to accept a little bit of it. But then in terms of actual fraud and everything, we have more measure, measures to actually verify if something is real. So I feel like we're going to have to adjust again. So for images, for example, if an AI generates an image of a president doing something or saying something yeah. or a deep fake, now, instead of just taking anything we see as that is real, this video evidence or this photo- photographic evidence, which it might just be a reflex nowadays to just look at the sources of this information and what, what there is surrounding it. Because if you see, for example, the Pope and yeah. no one's really talking, there's no major news yeah. outlet saying what this photo was or whatever, then it's kind of suspicious. So I think we have to do a little bit more work but that's going to become a reflex in the future. Yeah, um, and it's funny because right now, again, it's gotten so good. We're, I think, reaching that, that what's, what's it called, Uncanny Valley? Um, well, passing Uncanny Valley, if it's looking real. Real, right. Mm. So, uh, again, like um, I think just a few weeks ago, um, the Artemis uh, mission for, for oh, NASA. Yes. Yeah. So they um, had all these um, the explorers who were going to be in the mission. They um, shared the images of, of them online and... I remember seeing the the photos there, like the headshots and portraits, like really nicely taken photos. They all looked AI generated to me. And I looked at the comments, all of them are, is this mid-journey? Is this AI? This looks like AI to me. And they could very well be, but I, I doubt it because obviously yeah, they have no reason they, to make it AI. Yeah, yeah. They were definitely like proper photos taken. But again, uh, it, it, we have reached that, but, that level. And just on that note, like it's, getting a bit annoying in terms of like people questioning everything. So yeah. a lot of people now on my videos are like, are you AI or did AI make this? Or like some of my music people are like, did AI make this or is this human yeah. made? And it's kind of just like, I don't know. I, th- it, I think, I think it, it'll be like that until a point where people just accept that some of it is AI and some of it isn't. And but it changes the meaning. Yes. Though. That's yes. the thing. So it's not an arbitrary thing. It's like, Oh, it's AI or oh, it's human made that, that's quite a fundamental difference yeah. in how you perceive something. Um, so I don't know what the path forward is. Uh, maybe we'll get extra sensitive to know when something's AI generated, but then AI is improving as well. So. Yeah, and that was also defining how AI actually aids some of this creative work as well. So if you look at you know, auto-tune, a lot of people think it's just pressing a button and just everything just fixes by itself, right? But there's some work that goes into auto-tuning uh, in a lot of cases, um, especially, you know, if it's hip-hop music or where auto-tune itself is a, it's an instrument to the mm-hmm. to the core of the song. Um, it does take some level of work and creative output, right? But a lot of people, um, especially who are into just, um, say, rock music or metal music, I'm kind of just 
generalizing here. <laughs> but, but, people angry here. <laughs> I'm into rock and metal for those who are concerned. Uh, but 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 I, I've I've been that person as well. Mm. Where I'm like, oh, that's it's auto tunes, just so bad and stuff, mm. right? Um, it's not real talent. So I think there will be some people who will need to know what AI, who won't know what how much AI really influences creativity. And mm. even if there's like something minor that would have benefited, I don't know, if you're making a movie and you used AI for storyboarding and they find out, oh, you used AI for storyboarding and you didn't get an artist to, mm. you know, painstakingly draw every single scene ahead of time, then that's not valid, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And I think that there has to be that, I, I, I guess, intersection between AI and how society views that um, in terms of creative works. Because if every single attribute of AI that is leaked into any kind of work is just written off, yeah. then I don't know. It's going to, I don't know. Those people may seem like Luddites in a yeah. way. It's Because this is going to happen. People are going to use it. Yes. It just seems like we have to accept. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, would one, somebody mentioned that using maybe watermarks when they're generating um, these photos or even sounds at some point. Um, Sorry. I don't know. Watermarks on sounds just sounds. reminds me of pond5.com. I don't know. If uh, it reminds me of Audio Jungle. How they play the thing yeah, and I yeah. was like, pond5.com. <laughs> um, but, but, but stuff like that, I don't mm. know if there's, there's something to be said about that argument that, you know, if there's a photo of Pope wearing a cool jacket come out, there's like I don't know, a tiny description somewhere, but then you can just crop it out. Or yeah, like no one's, anyway. yeah, no one's going to follow that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just educating the mass that you know this this stuff's happening. You just gotta be on top of it. I guess. Yeah. Um, having said that, you did use Kyber, yes, uh, for an experiment of of one of your, I guess, music. I mean, it's only a music video. Really. It's, just, it's like it's a, just like a visual a visualizer. Visual, yeah. yeah, visualizer of a song yeah. that you have, which wasn't by AI. The song was by <laughs> you, but the video essentially. Um, you made a visual out of it. So, so what was the process regarding that? Yeah, so essentially what it was, was a prompt in Kaiba. And essentially you upload your song so it matches what's happening to the beat and all of that kind of stuff. And I made four different, oh, what, I, what I would notice is actually when you just have the one raw output and you, you play it, there'll be some bonk, bonkers things yeah. that go on. So like, for example, like, people's hands will be going crazy or like it'd have two heads or whatever. So I came up with the idea of just doing four of the same prompts or similar prompts and then just cutting between them when something would go nuts so it's coherent. So it's quite at its early stages I'd say, yeah. but it does look better than I would have been expecting. Um, some of the outputs that you can get are quite good, but um, I think it struggles with a few things. So human forms in small, like if they're facing mm. the camera and in small form they're like completely garbled right um and just other things like that but i think it shows potential it's it's if i was to try and animate this say it say i had a song and i wanted to do a visualizer for it in an animated style yeah. i'd have to hire someone that would take uh, a long time to yeah. produce like painstakingly doing it frame by frame mm -hmm. and it'll cost thousands of dollars of their time yeah. but with this it was in a matter of um an hour to generate one one render and that's it yeah, and I think we spoke about that part as well as as a designer or a graphic artist. If you're working for other creatives, generally you don't really have a lot of creative input because you, you know, as the client would have your own vision and you always hear like, these stories of annoying clients, right? They have their own creative input, but then why'd you hire me? I'm the designer kind of thing. So, so I think there's 
going to that is going to solve a lot of those kind of annoyance for graphic designers or, or animators and stuff. But then that also means that you're going to lose out on jobs, yeah. right? That are maybe just just client facing or, or corporates even or agencies and stuff like that. So yeah, I think um, it will save a lot of time for individuals like yourself who just want something quick and simple, but don't have you know the time to do it or don't want to spend a lot of money doing it. So yeah, uh, I. I kind of just see the the potential, but the reason it's suited for mu- music music now is it's all very abstract. If yeah. I was trying to get something direct or something that needs to be a certain way, I, I don't think it's capable of doing that just yet. Mm. But I think again, in two years' time, we'll, yeah. we'll see it. So. Two years. <laughs> oh. uh, look, next on is um, well, according to a report from Insider, um, Elon Musk has recently acquired ten thousand GPUs. Uh, as an investment for a new AI project at Twitter. Uh, that's the story. Uh, it's unclear exactly what the AI project is, but um, insider sources said that the, the Twitter is planning to use its data to train a large language model and speculated that it could be uh, for updating Twitter's search or ad-serving tools. Um, OpenAI has used uh, Twitter's data to train its own language models, but Musk said um, that in December that he was pausing OpenAI's access to Twitter's database. Um, this was in December, and this also comes after he um, signed a letter that says that we should pause advancements in AIs and then acquires. Yeah, look, I, I think I, I think it's <laughs> just doing whatever he wants at this point. It's, oh, yeah, I'll sign this letter. Actually, we need AI. Oh, you know, Twitter's not Twitter anymore. It's got a Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> the next part. And, and we're calling it the X app. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of lot of things. But um, in terms of using these ten thousand GPUs for training data. Uh, I find it strange, mainly because it seems like if they waited a little while, there could be an off-the-shelf option to do this. But that that's just my opinion. Um, OpenAI has already gone through their data, so they there must you know must be a, a way to do that from a third-party point of view instead of doing it locally. But I don't know. Maybe this. But I, th- I, I don't think he's a big fan of OpenAI. Oh, it's point. definitely not. Yeah, because he's, he's been very vocal about you know. Um, that, I think that ever since recently. they got bought by Microsoft, Microsoft he just yeah. went crazy. But yeah. I, I know I'm saying not OpenAI, but another third party could right. could come in and liaise. It should be a lot cheaper. But um, yeah, a large language model just for search and ad serving. I don't know. I think there's more more uses. Yeah, and I think that's the next part of the the conversation. Well, b- before that, um, on on Monday, uh, US time. The Bluebird logo on Twitter's homepage uh, became the Shiba Inu that's associated with uh, the meme coin of mm-hmm. um, Doge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and for hours, neither Twitter or Musk um, even acknowledged the change. It was just there. Um, some people thought it's, it was a late April Fool's thing. Um, it was supposed to be on April 1st, but I think it happened three or four days after it came and it went. Nobody just knew what was happening. It was just there for a few hours. Dogecoin went up, it went away, Dogecoin went down, <laughs> even more causing more confusion. And then I think uh, Musk, as he does in his own fashion, tweeted a, a meme saying um, it was a picture of the Dogecoin and the police officer checking uh, with the Twitter logo saying, oh, it's an old picture. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the the best, the why I'm bringing this up, it's not a big news, but I'm bringing this up because you called it exactly a year ago mm-hmm. when Elon was just in the news of, you know, is it going to take Twitter? Is it not going to do that whole kind of... Yeah. Uh, and this was like exactly a year ago. So uh, we'll play a clip um, in this point where you, you called it. That, so I just got yeah. a flash of like 
when Elon buys Twitter that the logo changes to like a Dogecoin head. Like. Again, <laughs> it's not out of the possibilities. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. With, uh, so I think that's a, so it was a great call that the Twitter logo becoming like a Dogecoin. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, beyond that, um, you were right about the, the X app thing. So um, it seems like his master plan for for that everything app or the X app is, is taking shape. Um he did kind of hint when he just tweeted X this week, just tweeted that uh, randomly, uh, and he didn't, um, you know, go go in, in details about it. But it does seem like, uh, according to Bloomberg, that Twitter had been absorbed into X Corp, um, citing a document from April fourth that was submitted as an, as an exhibit in a lawsuit against Twitter and its founder Jack um, Dorsey. So it just seems like Twitter um, had merged into a shell company called X Corp, and that leads to that whole idea of perhaps uh, Elon t- turning this um, social media app into an everything app at some point or even using parts of it yeah. to create that everything app. Um, and if I remember correctly, he was saying that uh, in China, uh, apps that are everything apps like WeChat where you can do your shopping to yeah. you know, obviously social media to everything else ends up being extremely lucrative. Mm. Um it's, it's one of the best ways in the app ecosystem to make money. So it does sound good on paper, but the other problem is if you, he did flesh out this idea to an X, of an X app to you know um, a lot of American users, they're not going to trust it as much. Uh, in China, everyone, for some reason, it's a cultural thing. Everyone yeah. seems to trust the app and you know um, all the brands on it and, and all that. But for Americans, the, the rate is a lot lower. So I think it was like, 50, 60% in China, mm. like trust trust apps and the brands and all that, but in America it's like 20%. So that's going to be a hard thing to overcome. Yeah. So, so I guess for those who don't know what, what this app is, essentially a super app or what, what Musk refers to as the everything app. Um, it's been described as a Swiss army knife of, of mobile apps um, with a suite of services, including uh, messaging, social networking, which obviously you know, Twitter does, uh, peer-to-peer payments and e-commerce shopping. So again, it's got everything in it that you might need. You won't have to go anywhere else. Kind of like what I think Facebook tried a little bit um, a few years ago when they were thinking of uh, adding their own own crypto and their own coin as well. Um, Even last year, I think they looked at trying to add their own own coin, but obviously that didn't take shape. So it's not completely out of the general question. Uh, And knowing Musk, I think um, it's probably the next path for Twitter. But where does that live? Twitter is, is the question in terms of, you know, are we seeing the death of Twitter as we know it? Are we seeing it evolve into something or is it going to be used as a platform to uh, enable those other things? I'd love to see, well, not love, but I'd hope that the best path forward would be Twitter stays as it is, but other things are added to it mm-hmm. in a way that's not too intrusive. So it's not like you log into Twitter and it's got this like crypto shopping center, uh, like uh, front facing like interface. I I think, yes, slow and steady and kind of just adding things on and testing it would be the way to go. But with uh, the unpredictability of Musk, anything can happen. Yeah. um, I mean, and if they end up doing that, how does that reflect on other social media platforms is also the question, right? I think with with Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, YouTube and others like even TikTok now, like would they also kind of take those steps? Well, um, no, not, not at first. It just depends on how successful yeah. it is. So if they see that the X app 
doubles revenue within two years, then mm-hmm. it'll be like, hey, we got we got to try to do this as well. And then, yeah, maybe we'll just be the monopoly of who gets there first and does it the best yeah. ends up staying like in China with WeChat. So um, it's like it's definitely going to be hard. It's not it's not an easy task, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I also don't know you're right about the whole whole trust issue thing. Um, would a lot of people move to the Twitter app because of of this only? Like, I think that's going to be another question as well, right? I think. Like, like who would really use an everything app? I guess, in, I don't know about the Chinese uh, demographic of their version, but it'd be interesting to kind of get some information there and see, okay, like what's the general populace that, that's just using the, this application? Mm, yeah, I, I think the average American, yeah, it doesn't really seem to, because to, Elon's obviously gone to China and used it and seen the light. It's like, wow, this is the next big yeah. thing. But for the average American, I don't think it's really going to click. Though... I guess Elon could maybe kind of translate the idea in a way that's palatable for mm-hmm. the American audience. But again, that's hard. So. But something's definitely happening with yeah. um, with with X absorbing it, with the 10,000 GPUs that uh, he's gotten. Um, yeah, it looks like he's definitely going to make some inroads with uh, with AI and, and let's see what he, what he turns it into. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other interesting kind of story that I read this week on The Verge was um, this one data scientist. He basically got his entire group chat and um, created uh, an AI version of it with his uh, so, friends. So, so, let me get this straight. So he has uh, different AI versions of all his friends in the group chat that talked. <laughs> yeah. So basically he used his existing group chat's information and got their characteristics and personalities into recreating it for himself using AI. So he said, you know, my group chat is laughing and comfort and a point of connection. Uh, and I thought um, it would be hilarious and sort of sinister to replace it. That's the word he uses, replace, replace. it. Uh, using the same technology that powers chatbots like um, Bing and ChatGPT, Miller created a clone of his bet- best friend's group chat, a conversation that's been um, uh, unraveling every day over the past seven years. Ever since he and his five friends first came together in college, it was surprisingly easy to do so, he says. A project that took a few weekends to work. Um, at $100 to pull all together. Um, but the end results are, are uncanny. The project was made possible by recent advances in AI, but it's still not something anyone could accompli- uh, accomplish. Um, Miller's a data scientist, and that's why he's some sort of, I guess, upper hand with, with tech of this sort um, mm. for a while. And I think it's just, again, it goes to show, like, would you keep this forever kind of thing? I think that idea of replacing humans at some point or replacing uh people who've left and and uh you know if one of them is not in the group circle for whatever reason um would you kind of still keep it okay in, in memory or just keep it going kind of stuff yeah. uh, well i i personally wouldn't no but, i know but i but i'm thinking a lot of people would yeah um, uh, but the thing is it's like that again that black mirror episode yes. be right back where when the chat or like the responses don't end up being what you want or like what that person would say, then it kind of breaks that illusion and it can mm-hmm. be even more damaging, I, I yeah. feel. Uh, this is not quite related, but about AI and ChatGVT, I guess. Uh, so there was some Samsung employees that got in a lot of trouble. Did you hear about this? I heard you have it. So they actually were having some trouble with their code and it wasn't any code. It was confidential code within Samsung. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm not sure what product it was for, but confidential code. So they wanted to try and fix some of these errors within the code. And they were like, hey, we can't be bothered doing it ourselves. Let's ask ChatGPT. So <laughs> they put it in there and it happily went away and fixed the code. But then uh, I don't know who 
raised the alarm or within Samsung, but somehow the company found out that that their confidential code was now in the hands of Microsoft in a yeah. way. So they weren't happy with that. I'm not sure what happened with the engineers if they were fired or disciplined, but it wasn't a good situation at all. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I think the, the uh, Italy also banned. Um, Italy did, yes. Uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI's yes. products for privacy concerns. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah, like, it's not totally out of the question that there could be some some issues that people are still kind of trying to figure out mm. in terms of the the, the privacy of, of these conversations you have with ChatGPT. Yeah, um, definitely. There was a data leak by uh, OpenAI not too long ago where for a couple of days or something like that, there was uh, information, I think 2%, uh, Sam Altman tweeted, 2% of all ChatGPT users had their data um available to be viewed by other users yeah. for, for just a short period of time. So that's already happened. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there's issues and questions that have to be um, asked about security, but not just that. Uh, there was an Australian, I think it was Victorian, a Victorian mayor that mm. is suing uh, OpenAI or ChatGPT over false information. Wow. Yeah. So How about himself, right? Was it himself? Uh, I'm not sure. Right. I have to have to check, but I think, we're going to start seeing a backlash in a different way where it's not just, you know, angry artists, not that they're discounted, but people that are disgruntled because it's replacing their work will get maybe some political action from saying um, either security issues or, you know, this is going to undermine society in some way or another. I think that's the next stage which we're going to, we're waiting to see, but I haven't really seen it yet. Right. Apart from Italy, I think. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Well, um, look, the, the final story of the of the episode is about the airpod case i don't know if you saw that the the um airpods case that's gonna likely going to have like a visual display uh, okay i saw a tweet about this i think it was from linus tech tips i'm not sure but it had like the airpods case and it had a screen yeah. and then the text was just file or by these engineers, I think that was that was okay. what it was. Well, somebody's you know, the one that I saw was basically someone saying, "I can't believe I lived long enough to watch the full reproductive cycle of an iPod iPod Nano." <laughs> That's good. But what's what's basically happening here is um, is that Apple uh, has designs on a future iPod case featuring a built-in touchscreen display that would enable users to control audio sources and interact with apps associated with the connected device. Um, it's according to a newly published patent. Um, mm. So the, the, the patent itself is uh, for devices, methods, and graphical user interface interactions with a headphones case, which obviously clearly depicts um, different versions of, of a design with uh, AirPods and the AirPods case and touchscreen on the case's front. So uh, I think that, I don't know if that image that was circling around was a leaked image or to someone's interpretation, kind of, interpretation of, the of, of, the, of the patent yeah. itself. But so, it's... So look, okay. So the thing is like you're putting the screen on an iPod, yeah. uh, Air, AirPod AirPods case, case, presumably because you want to control your music without any other distractions on your phone, right? Yeah. So why not just get a dedicated music device? I'm saying they should bring it back. <laughs> the thing is, you you, you can't um, you can only pause, and it's almost like what you do on your headphones anyway. Mm. So if you've got a wireless headphone, you can kind of tap it twice for uh -huh. the next song, or you can tap it once for. So th that's as much as it will do. With okay, the touch so screen. just play pause fast. That's blah, blah, blah. it. Does, it's, it it won't have a dedicated UI. memory bank or, or oh UI no no for, it, that, yeah. no I'm, I'm I know I, I agree with that, but the thing is. 
if you can do it on the headphones, why have the case? Are you going to carry the case around? Well, you do carry the case around with you, I guess, but like yeah. whip that out every time you want to change a song instead of just using your ear. It's a bit strange, right? It is. It but is. that's why I think if you want your controls and all you want to do is quickly get to your music, I just, I still feel the need that we don't have to have all our music in our phones. I think we could have a separate oh. device. I don't know why <laughs> that's so controversial. I don't, I don't get it. Because it's 2023. Yeah, and Sony just brought out the Walkman again, you saw. Yeah, but that's like, what, $8,000? Because they know what's up. You know? <laughs> know. Yeah, for $8,000 <laughs> in this economy, people are just going to you know clear out the shelves. Uh, no, but but uh, I agree, but I think I used to be that person. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let, hear me out. Okay. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi connected. Okay. Beautiful screen. Really thin, 150 bucks, 64 gigs. Would you take it? No. What? Because it's like, I have, it's just yet another device I have to carry. That, that's my only only problem. It's just yet another We always device. did it. We always yeah, used to do it. and then both of my pockets would be <laughs> like full. I need one space for my inhaler <laughs> and my wallet. And, and so even wallets are going away. Yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. That, well, so. when the wallets go away, then this can come. Yeah, back. if the wallets go away, I'll. I'll, I'll consider I actually it. don't carry my wallet most of the time now. Really? Yeah, literally, I just use my phone. Uh, it went really quickly. I was like, "Oh, this pay pass thing. I'm not, not going to do that." Never yeah, I'm, and then I'm, when I when I signed up, I was like, "This is actually pretty cool." Yeah, because um, I still haven't done moved everything to my phone yet. So, um, my like you know so the other day I forgot taking my wallet to the to the gym and I really wanted like a coffee afterwards. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to go back all the way up. It would have been really nice to just get a paper. I see. That's what happened to me. Yeah. So once I forgot my wallet and I went out to get a, yeah, I was literally going to do some work outside, yeah. get a coffee and everything. And then I was going to pay and I was like, oh crap. Like yeah. I don't have my wallet. What am I going to do? I'm literally screwed. And then on the Commonwealth Bank app, I did it right there and there to sign oh, up. Wait, yeah. Don't you need to have your physical card to do that? I don't think so. Oh. Like, yeah. So it was, okay. it was set up and, um, yeah, went for it there. <laughs> wow. Well, look, um, I think I'm going to make that move as well very soon. I've been thinking about it for the last two weeks, so mm. <laughs> it takes time. Yeah, it is it is interesting, and, but it makes me feel like, I don't know, in a way you've lost something, a physical card. It's it's And it's funny to say that because it used to be cash. It used to be cash that everyone carried around, but then it's a card and now we don't even have What that. other things do you usually carry? Because I know um, licenses and stuff will also move. I think it's already moved in a few states already. Not sure about WA, but... In yeah, the, the thing is, I like I just assume I'm not going to le- need to show my license because <laughs> I'm not, you know, this, and stuff. Yeah, no, but this is just, um, you know, when I'm going to my parents' house or like yeah. whatever. It's like, um, so so there's that. What else? Like, I've got a lot of um, loyalty cards. That's the only problem. Like a lot of uh, coffee shop stamps. Right. Uh, right. You know, you get a free coffee. So those those are the things that yeah. I take up space for my. I've um, I recently put my uh, healthcare card HBF. Right, that's digital as well now. So yeah, just, so you can do the digital as well. Yeah, I think it's just, I, if I really tried, I could get rid of my wallet as well. Yeah. Yeah. So once that happens, then get onto the, the digital music. <laughs> Is Cold Fusion <laughs> going to come up with that, uh, that that device? Oh yeah, why not the Cold Fusion Plus uh, Pro Max? <laughs> Pro Max. There you go. Um, I think that's the end of the show for yeah, today. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, it's a bit of a shorter one today, but hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you again soon for the next episode. Cheers.